I'd like to welcome you to our service. If you'd like to find your place in Luke chapter 17, and the title of the message is, Are You Still Thankful? We'll run through one season into another season into another year, and not careful, and we'll miss out on enjoying the season. And I sure have enjoyed this season of Thanksgiving, but again, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll pass right through that and lose our thankfulness, and we'll get caught up in the hustle and bustle of life, and and uh, all the extra events that are scheduled within the next month, month and a half. And if we're not careful, we'll lose sight of what God has for us. And, uh, and we'll forget to be thankful. And, and we're just going to go, go, go and, 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 and not put the focus where it needs to be. And that's truly being thankful for all that God has done for us. Here in Luke 17, you have the story of the ten lepers and how that nine went from one season of life to the next and they never said thank you. I mean, they went from being cried out to the Lord for mercy, being afar off, separated, and, and then they, they, Jesus answered their request, healed them, and they immediately went about their business. Isn't that like life sometimes? We'll go through things or we'll, we'll go through even the seasons of life. And, and if you're not careful, we'll, we'll, we'll forget to, to be thankful. We'll forget to honor him and give glory to the one who is worthy, worthy that we praise him for every season, for everything that he allows us to be and do. And may the Lord help us not to lose sight of that. In Luke chapter 17 and verse 11, we're going to start reading. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. The previous chapter ends with Jesus preaching a message on heaven and hell. Jesus gave the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Both men had access to the truth. Both men knew what Moses and the prophets had to say about Jesus. Both men had the same opportunity to believe. One chose to live for the comforts of this world and one lived for the comforts of eternal life. One lived by sight while the other lived by faith. One rejected the truth of God's word while the other accepted the truth. You see, no matter what status you have in this life, whether you're rich or poor, in good health or in poor health, the only thing that will matter for all eternity is what you did with the truth of God's word. 
Did you believe in the only begotten Son of God for the salvation of your soul? Or did you reject Him? And may I remind you, to not accept Him is to reject Him. In the first few verses of this chapter, chapter 17, Jesus warns of the consequences of being a troublemaker. Boy, that message needs to be preached in our churches today. There may be less trouble in our churches if this would preach on this subject here. Jesus taught on it, maybe for another message, but, you know, we better be careful being the one that stirs something up or causes an issue among the brethren. Jesus said in verse 1 of Luke 17, Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and he cast a, and be cast, and he cast into the sea, than that he should offend one of these little ones. You know, I've never seen anyone who ignored these teachings and their life turn out for good. Oh, they may have survived physically. They may still be attending that same church. But they lived a miserable spiritual life. Jesus said it would be better to end it before you ever get something started. Have you ever heard somebody say, don't go there. I mean, they're about to say something, they're about to engage in something, and, 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 and you just hear this word, hey, don't go there, don't say no more, that's enough. Why is that? That person's trying to get them to stop before they get started, to end it, before it ever gets going. In James chapter 3 and verse 6, it says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. After issuing that warning in the first few verses of Luke 17, Jesus is going to teach the disciples about another subject that's well needed to be preached on in our churches today. And that's the subject or the duty to forgive those who repent of a trespass against them. And like I said, that's a whole other message there. But there's some good truth. And then the disciples are going to ask Jesus for a request themselves. And they're going to ask Jesus to increase their faith. Well, that sounds like a good request. It even sounds spiritual, but can I say you better be careful what you ask for. Because the very first thing that Jesus does, he points out their lack of faith. They obviously said increase our faith. They understand that their faith's not where it needs to be, but Jesus is going to really point out where their faith is. In verse 6, he says, And the Lord said, If ye, if, underline that little word, if, if ye had the faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might saying to this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. The second thing Jesus points out is their lack of reasoning, and he addresses their potential motive for such a request. 
what would they do with that faith, that increased faith, what would they do with it? What benefit would there be to tell a tree to be plucked up and planted in the sea? The third thing that Jesus points out is their true need. And this is where be careful what you ask for comes in. Because in verses 7 through 10, Jesus points out their greater need. They had a need to humble themselves. And at this point, it gets quiet. You know, sometimes what we think we need is not what God sees that we need. Well, if I only had more faith, or, or, or if I just had a better life, or if I just had a better job, or if I just had a better family, or if I just had more money, or, or more time, or more, 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 more. But, but can I ask you, what would you do with that? Would you consume it on yourself, or would it be used for the Lord? Maybe we, what we need is really in our reach. We just haven't exercised what's within our power to do. You see, they're asking for their faith to be increased, but what they could do and what they needed to do was to humble themselves. With God's help, humility is something that we can increase ourselves. Oh, we want the spectacular. We, we want the quick and easy route, but... Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You see, we don't need more faith to read our Bible more. But if we read our Bible more, then our faith will increase. Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want your faith to increase? Then come to church more. That's something that's within our power to do. Come to church more. Read your Bible more. Meditate your Bible more. Hey, be here for all services. Be here for Sunday school where the Bible is opened and taught at all age levels. Hey, be, be here for the morning service. Be here for the afternoon service. Be here for the Wednesday night service. Hey, be here for every special meeting that we have and revivals and all these things. You see, all that's within our reach. And if we'll come and we'll hear the word of God, it will increase our faith. But we're going to have to deny ourselves. We're going to pick up our cross and follow him. Then you get to verse 11. And in verse 11 it says, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Galilee. And the first part of verse 12 says, And as he entered into a certain village. You know, Thanksgiving Day has come and gone. And now we're about to enter into another season. Isn't that just like life? Oh, we can't wait for a certain time of the year. We can't wait for a certain time of life even or season of life. But once it's come and gone, we, enter, we immediately enter into another stage of life where whether we want to or not. You see, Jesus was heading to Jerusalem. 
That, that was the goal. That's where he was heading. That was the destination was Jerusalem. But as he was heading there, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Between now and heaven, we're going to have to pass through the midst of some Samarias. We're going to have to pass through the midst of some Galilees, and we're going to even have to enter into some certain villages. And just because we're traveling with the master, we're not exempt from passing through the midst of troubles and trials. and That's all part of life. Now we would all rather just get to Jerusalem with no problems, with no stops or no detours or no delays or no hindrances or no inconveniences or no issues. But how many of us have lived long enough and been through enough to know that life is full of twists and turns, trials and troubles? When God allows us to go through a different season of life, may we never lose sight for the purpose for the season. See, Jesus never moves without purpose. It was no accident that Jesus was heading to Jerusalem. It was no accident that Jesus went through the midst of Samaria and Galilee and into a certain village. What hope would these ten lepers have had unless Jesus had come to them? In our chapter, we see that disciples, they had their own concerns. Lord, increase our faith. They had needs as well to humble themselves. See, you and I, we can come to church and, and be filled with our own concerns, both physical and spiritual. Yes, we all long for heaven. But between now and heaven, Jesus is going to lead us through the midst of Samaria. Samaria was not a comfortable place for the Jews. The Jews and the Samaritans, they didn't get along. And you see, we don't, we don't want to be uncomfortable. But sometimes God is going to have to take us out of our comfort zone for his honor and glory. And if Samaria and Galilee wasn't enough, then Jesus leads them into a certain village. You see, he's taken them out of their comfort zone and then he leads them even deeper into a certain village where they met ten lepers. It says a certain village. There's not a specific name given. It's, it's an unknown place, if you would. Have you ever been there? As they entered this certain village, they ran into the purpose for the season. In verse 12 it says, And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off. The disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. Jesus said, okay, let's go through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Oh, oh, wait a minute, you, need, you still need more faith? Well, I tell you what, let's go into a certain village. Let, let me take you to a place 
that's not only out of your comfort zone, but it's a place that you've never been. It's an unknown place. Increase our faith, Lord. Okay. Well, let me introduce you to the purpose for the season. It was ten lepers who stood afar off. All of a sudden, everything gets real clear. As we come out of one season and into another season, let's not lose sight for the purpose of the season. If we're not careful, we can get so caught up in our plans, our families, our presence, our get-togethers, our traditions, our wants, our desires that we lose sight for the season that Jesus has allowed us to go through with him. And can I say through every season of life, you're going to find people who are without. They're not as close to the Lord as you and I are. Matter of fact, they can't even get to the Lord. They're not even looking for him. They don't have the same concerns that you and I do. The Bible says they're afar off. They've been stained by sin and the sin has separated them from God. And may we never lose sight of where Jesus found us. We too were afar off. But aren't you glad for the day that somebody came to you? Someone came in the midst of your Samaria, in the midst of your Galilee, even went even deeper into a certain village where you were at and it was no accident they were there. It's Jesus that led them to you. Well, let's be careful getting so preoccupied with our concerns. And though they're great and they're needed, that you lose sight of the purpose for the season. God wants to use us. Everywhere Jesus went, people had spiritual needs. And no matter where God leads us, there will always be people with spiritual need. When God allows us to enter into a different season of life, let's not lose sight of the purpose for the season. Number two, let's not lose sight of the promise of the season. The disciples were not sent into a certain village alone. Jesus was leading the way. Any help these lepers would receive did not come from the disciples. They didn't even have enough faith to tell a sycamine tree to pluck itself up and throw itself in the water, let alone heal a leper. But only Jesus could satisfy the need of every person. And as we enter into various seasons of life, don't ever lose sight of the promise of the season. Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. No matter what season of life we find ourselves in, we have the promise of his presence with us. There's nowhere you and I can go that Jesus is not with us. You see, the disciples, they had no power to heal the lepers, but Jesus did. You and I have no power to heal the sin-sick soul, but Jesus does. Don't lose sight of the promise of his presence. 
Oh, I can't, I can't talk to that person or I, I can't tell that person. Look, Jesus is with you. Just point them to him. <coughs> Excuse me. Jesus will take care of the rest. Don't ever lose sight that God is not only helping you, but he's also at work in the lives of others as well. Boy, I get excited, don't you, when somebody gets saved? When I see a spiritual leper get spiritually healed? When I witness someone get born again and all of a sudden, boy, my problems and my concerns, boy, they're on the back burner now. Why is that? It's because a miracle has taken place. A person is passing from death unto life. And boy, it takes me back to the day. And man, I took all my cares and, and, and all my sin and just, hey, I, I trusted Jesus as my Savior. I cried out for mercy and he saved me. Can I just say that God is always at work? He's at work in our lives. He's at work with the lives of others. And isn't it amazing that God allows us to have part of that? In order to see, though, these type things... You're going to have to go through the midst of Samaria. You're going to have to enter into a certain village which will lead us to people who have a spiritual need. When God leads you and I through the different seasons of life, we, we must remember that the purpose of the season, the promise of his presence, and not only that, but we need to remember the praise of that is due his name. In verse 13 it says, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, uh, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Ten lepers were healed. But only one praised the Lord and gave thanks. How many of you have been healed from your sin sickness? You too were lepers. You stood afar off. But Jesus came to you and saved your wretched soul. Oh, when's the last time you thanked him for his great mercy that he showed you? Oh, if we're not careful, even as a safe person, we can wind up acting like the nine lepers. Boy, think about how quick they passed from one season of life to another. Oh, one minute they're, they're afar off uh, and Jesus shows up. Uh, they cry out for mercy and Jesus hears their cry and he heals them. But yet they go straight on to another stage of their life. They don't stop to give God the glory for what he did for them. Nine out of ten missed the praise that's due his name. And by the way, I don't see the disciples praising Jesus either here. They should have been glorifying God for the great miracle that took place right in front of their eyes. 
All ten lepers were healed. But only one gave thanks and praised to God for answering his prayer. Well, how quick do we go from one prayer request to another? And, and, and really, we're no better than the nine lepers who were nowhere to be found. Well, I wonder how Jesus feels about us today. I wonder if Jesus has ever looked around and said, I wonder where Matt Gordon is. Did, did I not save him when he cried out for mercy? Have I not been good to him? Have I not answered his prayers? Have I not been faithful and merciful to him? Well, I think about those that don't come to church very often. And they choose not to come to church very often. They put something else before the Lord. And I wonder how Jesus feels when he's here at church and those people aren't there and I wonder what he's saying. I wonder what he's thinking. I wonder if he's saying, where's so-and-so? Did I not save them? Have I not heard and answered their prayers unconditionally? Have I not been faithful and good to them? Why are they not here praising my name? Can I ask you, are you still thankful? Or have you become numb to the goodness of God in your life? No matter where you find yourself today, if it were not for his mercies and compassions that fail not, you and I would not be here today. No matter what season of life God has you in, he is worthy to be praised. If you've never been saved, then Jesus has come to you right now and he's waiting for you to call out for mercy and he'll save you today. Christian, are you still thankful? Or have you let the concerns of this life keep you from giving God the glory and the praise that's due his name? Be careful losing sight of the purpose for the season the promise of his presence and the most blessed opportunity to praise him for his goodness in our lives. May the Lord help us. We need a revival of just being thankful.